I'm Tom Saunders, getting through this in Los Angeles. And I'm Scott Blakeman in Manhattan. Last night, I did not watch any of the nominated films available on streaming platforms or on the For Your Consideration screening portal on Roku. Nor did I watch the new documentary about Mia and Woody on HBO Plus or continue watching the excellent French series Call My Agent. Instead, I watched a little-known black-and-white film from 1956, Lovers and Lollipops by Morris Engel and Ruth Orkin, who also wrote and directed Little Fugitive, which I talked about on this podcast a few months ago. Bosley Crowther of the New York Times called it a surface scanner and more of a documentary since it was short on story and dialogue and long on thrilling time capsule shots of notable New York City locations such as the Statue of Liberty, Central Park, the Museum of Modern Art, exactly as it was in 1956. So Tommy, for 90 minutes, it wasn't 2021. It was 1956 with the gigantic cars and period clothing to prove it. When it opened in April of 1956, the film played at the old Translux Theater on 85th Street and Madison Avenue, a short 10 minute walk from my apartment. The theater is long gone, but thanks to the Criterion Channel, Lovers and Lollipops was still playing in my neighborhood. First, Scotty, I commend you for informing us with vivid specificity. Let me say that again. With vivid specificity. No, let me. What? Specificity. With vivid specificity. Uh, it still doesn't sound right. Uh, of the three things you did not watch, you told us of the things that you didn't watch, more than three, actually. You might have listed everything you didn't watch, and it would have taken several minutes, and that's several with an S. But you didn't. You showed the good taste to curate your list down to a handful. And what a handful. A sophisticated night on the town. Although er, uh, <clears throat> the Woody Mia Netflix series is hard to unsee. But when all is said and done, you saw and heard with your own eyes and ears exactly what very few sophisticated New Yorkers saw in 1956. And in so doing... You experienced actual time travel in the comfort of your home. Yes, Tommy, and I even travel back to the actual review in print of Lovers and Lollipops as it appeared in the New York Times on April 19th, 1956 in the Times Machine archive. Bosley Crowther called it a picture film, which does sound a bit redundant because I would think all films yeah. are picture films. But the primary purpose of this genre uh, and it was one of the first independent films, if not the first, was to make the story secondary to the wonders of the city displayed in breathtaking fashion on the screen and reminded me, Tommy, of a more sophisticated version of that 1910 film loop uh, that you and I saw. It was of pedestrians in the Flatiron District, and we marveled at that when we saw it at the Museum of Modern Art. The lead actress, Laurie March, well, I fell in love with her. She played the widow with a seven-year-old daughter. See, in 1956, killing off a spouse was preferable to divorcing him. Ms. March, who was 32 at the time of filming, later was the longtime star of the soap opera, The Secret Storm. I wish I was the one with her instead of Gerald O'Glaughlin as she visited all of those iconic New York landmarks that thankfully remain today exactly as they were then. Right. Lovers and Lollipops is a real treasure. It's an early low-budget indie movie filmed on location in New York at a time when normal B-movies featured sizzling low-budget dialogue, cars crashing, people being shot, and everything filmed on a Hollywood soundstage. 
Even the word soundstage reveals a Hollywood that remains to this day comically traditional and thus blithely unaware of the obsolescence of words it invented decades earlier. Sound stages, Scotty, are where films are made right now, this very minute, even as we speak. That's the term that the professionals use. But movies have been talkies since 1927. So that's 93 years after there were any sound stages. Yet the term soundstage, after, the, uh, after there were any silent stages, I should say. And yet the term of soundstage lives like a zombie word emanating from the mouths of even recent film school graduates eager to sound professional. Lollipops and Lovers, Scotty, is an idiosyncratic film, to say the least. Using natural light, candid shots of random people and sound added in post, the film has much in common with Italian neorealism cinema of the 1950s, but with a delightedly less grim story. Why, Tommy, your review of the film is even more scholarly and insightful than Mr. Bosley Crowther, who was at the time the preeminent film critic of his day. Scrolling to the actual New York Times art section from April 19th, 1956, why, it reveals a treasure trove of film, theater, and nightclub ads. And by the way, are there any other kinds of troves than treasure troves? Oh, why, I saw an ad, Tommy, Mae West. At the Latin Quarter, Alfred London, Lynn Fontaine. No, not the theater named after him, but London Fontaine on Broadway in The Great Sebastians. George Goble, David Niven, and Mitzi Gaynor in the film romp, The Birds and the Bees. And go on Sunday, because George Goble will be live on stage Sunday only at the Paramount, the home of the world's largest theater screen. And then a smaller film, Annika, Legend of a Wanton at the 72nd Street Playhouse, east of 2nd Avenue. It's called an erotic drama that is unbearably intimate, which makes you wonder how intimate is unbearably intimate and why. Uh, Scotty, I Googled Anika, Legend of a Wanton, <laughs> and Wikipedia came up with The Legend of Anika, a 1954 Serbian movie released with subtitles in America in 1956 and starring Milena Dapšević. It's a dark tale, Scotty, about how Mihailo, the son of the village gunsmith, is seduced by the wife of an elderly tavern keeper. Her half-wit brother resents her love for my resents for my Laiho, and when he sees that they might get together, he kills his sister. Yikes. It's also possible, Scotty, that some people listening to this podcast don't know who George Goble was. I vaguely recall that he was a comic personality, mostly famous for being unexciting. He had a TV show and even made some movies, some of which were notable because in a time when movies, one of which in particular, in a time when movies had titles like I Married a Communist and I Married a Vampire, Goebbels' movie was titled I Married a Woman. <laughs> There's a YouTube video that promised to reveal the sad ending of George Goble, which I assume is about how he wound up as a frequent guest on Hollywood Squares. By the way, I want to shout out to everyone who didn't bust me earlier when on today's podcast I said, Lollipop and Lovers is an idiosyncratic film, to say the least. <laughs> Scotty, if I were really to say the least, I would have just said, Lollipops and Lovers is, period. That would have been the least. I hope to learn from this mistake, Scotty, 
and better control my use of cliches in the future. Well, Tommy, I see uh, something there actually, because, you know, you say that to say the least, lollipops and lovers, but I thought you were going with, because the name of the film is Lovers and Lollipops. Oh. So actually you didn't say the least. You said an, an actual a different uh, saying. So you actually said an additional title. So it's a, I think you came uh, out ahead is my point. Uh, uh, but either whether it's lollies or pops or lovers loves lollipops, as long as you had the two main ingredients, and that's. I, you know what, though, Scotty, honestly, no, I think you made a good point. You didn't bust me the first time, but this time, you know, I was going sixty in a thirty-five mile an hour zone. Nope, it's lovers and lollipops, and that's how it always will be. Well, for our, especially our film scholars looking it up and getting back to George Goebel, now, a couple things. One, he was a nightclub comic. Uh, and but he, I, you probably saw this in your algorithm on YouTube. Uh, I remember him the most. He was once on one of those overcrowded couches when Johnny Carson did the show in LA, and literally was, I think, Sinatra, D. Martin, Bob Hope, just everybody. And Goldberg was to the end of the couch. Famous oh, night. I, I saw it, it, it originally, Scott. That saw night, it, it was incredible. This day, he was on the edge of the couch and just killed constantly. And all these superstars were just bending, uh, both, you know, bending over uh, whatever you whatever you do when you laugh heartily and you're a superstar, they were doing it. Oh wait, wait. So you're saying, according to this telling uh, of this, uh, George Goble was constantly funny. I, well, I I don't know his whole career. I will attest to that night that show you watched. I remember it slightly differently, and 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 you can you can check it out yourself because yes. it's on YouTube. But the uh, so yes. It was it was absolutely unforgettable, and I think I saw it at this at the time it was original, and I've seen it since then as well. Though actually, is that these these guys come on? You know, uh, it was the Rat Pack virtually, and yeah. and Bob Hope was not Rat, but he was no. a big star. And and uh, and you're right, George Goble was was on the couch, and you're right, it was an overstuffed couch. Oh, he was the, next to couch. Ed. He was yeah. And, and, and so uh, uh, Sinatra and Dean Martin come in. They're all they're doing their thing and saying their things. And Dean Martin's saying his oh, how many awards everybody in my room, you know, their usual shot. And and uh, really all Goebel said was just one thing, one thing only. He's uh, once they showed up, he had talked before. But yeah. Once they showed up, he only said one thing. And that was, did you ever feel like. Uh, uh, in a world of brown shoes, you're a pair of blue socks, something like that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that was shoes and brown out. socks. I, I, I may be getting the, the colors wrong, but that was his thing. And it got a huge laugh. And he, he really pointed, it, 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 like nobody else, he pointed out that, you know what, not everybody is in the rack pack. Not everybody is Dean Martin and, Jer and, and uh, Frank Sinatra. And George Goebel was. And especially all fun. that. Especially that night, and that would be a lesson to budding. If any of you want a career in being on reruns of the Tonight Show, where the Rat Pack is on with Bob Pope, uh, this is a good lesson. Just uh, acknowledge the situation and come up with that yeah. funny line. Which to this day I remember. As you write, I felt he killed the whole performance, but actually it was that one line was so, just one line, yeah, and that was so funny. good and apropos. It was and 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 it was the biggest. It was, I think, the biggest laugh of the evening. But it was a lot of laughs coming from. You know, Bob Hope really was, if anything, Bob Hope was the one who was outclassed. He was kind of, you know, he was just, he was kind of the, the, the old Bob Hope, you know, kind of, you know, didn't really have a lot of. Well, that's know, not his strong suit, Hope. You know, he, strong his suit. strong suit was having the writers and those, you know, index yeah. cards. And 
he wasn't as uh, quick on his feet. Dean, uh, however many times he said it, always had the feeling that it was just totally off the top of his head because he didn't yeah, like rehearsal. He, and, and part of it, too, was that he would resort to ye uh, oldie jokes, like, how did everybody get into my room? Yeah, and, and being drunk and all that. Yeah. But it was a, a great night. And, and George Gobi, yes, I would have seen, I would have gone to the Paramount, which still exists, but it's the Hard Rock Cafe, I believe, now um, on yes, Broadway. The one in, in down... In, uh, Broadway in 43rd, but the world's largest... But, Tommy, looking at, as I know we did, I have it in front of me now, the art section from thir April 1956. It is chock full of ads, and I, I don't know, there was so many movies and so much going on, and I think that many of them only played at one theater. Now we have, you know, once things get back to normal, you'll have a big ad for the new Marvel film that's at about 100 theaters, that's the main thing. And, but this was, you know, Man with a Golden Arm, Sinatra's breakthrough film that I believe he may have been nominated for uh, an Oscar for that. Uh, you know, it's basically in one theater. They have ads for a theater in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Uh, so much going on. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, that's the thing. Uh, so what, what you're talking about, Scotty, is a form of time travel yeah. where we say it's the objects uh, from the past that are doing the traveling to us. And this newspaper, uh, which is viewable by way of this thing you call that, that's called Times Machine. Yeah, only to subscribers, I believe. But it's a great perk to have it. Well, right, right. Not not just the, any. This is important <laughs> to make the point. Not just anybody can simply just walk in off the street. No. And have access to uh, to Times Machine. And by the way, you wouldn't even have to walk in off the street in any case. You never have to leave your home. You never have to leave your home, but. <laughs> But let, let's just make this point that it is only available to subscribers and that uh, anybody who, uh, um, you know, not not any uh, Joe, Joe Dokes. <laughs> and you don't need a, a, a COVID test to do it because these days everything, you know, requires. That's, that's the other thing. You, you, you do need to be a subscriber. You don't need to be a, have a COVID test. Or be, or be double vaccinated as we are. But it's a, it really is. You know, we've talked about this many times and. You know, there's an exhibit now in the Grolier Club here in New York about magazines. And this person who put it together said magazines are the best way to learn history, as we've said prior to that, that, you know, the historians, the John Meachams might quarrel. They'll say, no, no, no. Uh, the newspapers, magazines only give you part of the story. Uh, you need a historian to put it in context. And we say, well, I don't know, looking at the actual New York Times from April 19th, 1956 or Life magazine from 1941. What better way to learn history and the present? Well, what you've done, Scotty, is you've bypassed the John Meachams and gone directly to the source yeah. of history. The Meachams don't like that. They don't say it. They won't try to stop you. Uh, I'm sure John Meacham didn't barge through the door and try to wrestle the laptop computer out of your hand. Yeah. Is that right? He didn't. Uh, no. And, and he gets credit for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Because in a sense, you're obviating his very sense of self-worth and i don't know if obviating is the right word but it sounds so much like it should be the right word it's it's the right word for something yeah, so definitely so you're saying right it and you know people yeah. just work it in, in some way it's 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 a useful word but i i really do think that uh that what you've done it, it, it has made uh it it, it, it I, i'm sure it would you know here's the thing if you find yourself in a conversation with john meacham and it could happen yeah that you are in a because now we're taking off, you know, eventually the masks will come off. We're going to have cocktail parties again, and, and you'll be invited to some of them. 
Yeah. Especially because of this podcast. And he'll be listening and he'll say, oh, you make references to me. We always joke about John Meacham that he's got that lofty perch where he's never challenged. There's no debating John Meacham. He's just no, in his absolutely. one-on-one. Whenever he's on a, on a, on a, on a news show, on a cable news show, and he's on the panel, he's revered everything he said. And, and, and uh, John Meacham, uh, uh, you, you are, uh, thank you so much for your insights. It's never, I, I need to push back on that. I mean, <laughs> no. where did you even come off saying something like that? No, no, no there's no one there. No, they praise him. And, uh, and what we're saying, though, is I have history in front of me, Tommy. And I'm not only, but it's living history yeah. because I showed you an ad from the Sherry Frontenac, the fabulous Sherry Frontenac on the ocean in 63rd Street in Miami Beach, 1956. Tommy, sounds great. But you're probably saying, well, even then, that must have been a pretty penny. How, yeah, how would I ever afford? How would you ever afford? And and now, now, if you could just describe some of the oh, features. Well, I will. And the now, headline says, okay, yeah, so, yeah. Well, it says you'd expect to pay more. A real luxury uh, experience. Right? Well, right. Well, and the headline says you'd expect to pay more, but you don't. It's got dancing nightly, cocktail parties with drinks on the house. Uh, now, uh, uh, is it aqua hotel is it actually in this York? is all in the hotel and it's completely air conditioned but how do they have and there's and there's okay and it's so it's got everything and it says seven dollars per person including gourmet meals so uh, it's, i mean to me i'm living it right now and i'm they have a new york phone number in those days they had a new york office because it'd be too expensive to call miami Oh, okay. So this was actually a Miami hotel. Miami hotel. This is all Miami hotel. This is a paid. Oh, okay. So that's what we have to, to know because I, knew, uh, I I I saw that picture of the ad. Of course, we always review everything we do, and uh, I saw a, a woman playing golf, and I thought that can't be in a New York hotel. Now I will say that the, the shocking what you get at this Miami hotel uh, with a New York office because yeah. you can't just you know, call them up directly. You have to go to the New York office yeah. and make a reservation for Miami Hotel in 1956. I think the $7 price tag alone is, you know, we talk on our, uh, about the time machine that uh, we planned and, and uh, it has not been completed, although it's, a, it's so almost completed because we know exactly what it's going to look like. We know how much luggage space is going to be. And, uh, and once we get that little thing that, allows us to actually, you know, whatever the little mechanism that moves us back back and, and forth in time. Yeah, we, we, that's the only thing that you're waiting on. There, we need to also return. That's yeah. the, you know, that's the rub. <laughs> well, there's uh, uh, the fact that, that we could go back there, uh, back to 1956, uh, and, and go, go to this, uh, what is it called? It the, Sher the fabulous Sherry Frontenac on the ocean at Frontenac 63rd Hotel. Street in Miami Beach. Uh, in yeah. And, 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 and the, the fun and frolic. And, and I saw the, uh, the drawing of a, of, of a uh, leggy uh, bathing suit wearing uh, gammon uh, uh, sitting by a poolside. Yeah, and a guy with a paddle and a golfing. And a actually, ball. there's many depictions of women, actually. It's women golfing, women, one woman yeah, raising her hands for no particular oh, reason. We can't, don't even know what she's doing. She's raising her hands with just joy. Exulting, like yeah, all illustrations. And I love the headline of the page. It says vacation suggestions. I just love how they word that. And it's a whole page of ads that from Miami Beach hotels, like the in Fountain Blue and, and others. 
Scotty, in those days, that was a grabber headline. You'd be look, look, go, leafing through the paper and then you see vacation suggestions. Whoa, let me check that out. Now, you couldn't grab people's attention by saying vacation suggestions. No, you, Is that what it was? It? Yeah. And this is actually at an interesting time. That was the precursor. Well, you know, 19, this was the beginning of the end of the Catskill Mountains, because I think you had all of these uh, people with air travel began to fly to Florida. Right. And even though there is an ad. Right. Yeah. Grossinger is the Nepali here. But... It's absolutely true. Yeah. Scotty, but I wanted to finish my point about going back in time. I honestly think because of the, the cost of a time machine, if you go back and, and, and stay at, a, at the, the, um, this, this place, the Sherry. Uh, uh, Sherry Frontenac. Frontenac. I have trouble remembering that name. Frontenac. It's a weird name yeah. for a hotel. But the Sherry Frontenac for $7. We would make money. I don't care how much our time machine costs. If we just keep going back there and vacation to Sherry Frontenac for $7 a night, including meals, we will make money. We, that would, that would be earning a living from that for we what we're not spending. Yeah. It, it will actually come, come out in, 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 the, in the black, I think they say. We'll, 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 we'll have profit off of this. Yeah. This is exciting news. So what we have to do is be sure we go back at – to, once we get the, obviously we have to get the time machine finished, but once we do, Scotty, it's back to 1956 Miami. Yeah, and, and we're living the life, we're having fun, it. but we're saving money. We're, we're making money by spending only $7 a night. And Tommy, we could also go, uh, there's an ad here, go Latin from Manhattan. Mucho rum, mucho mujer, mucho cancion, mucho everything. Yes, Tommy. New York to Havana, Cuba, on Cubana Four Airlines, seventy dollars and fifty cents. Oh, that's getting a little pricey. Seventy dollars. Yeah, it is an airplane, and I think Tommy, we might have trouble with that headline. Go Latin from Manhattan. I think the copywriter from nineteen fifty-six. Well, I'm going to go on a limb and say I don't think he should work again. <laughs> because of the Latin. Well, I think it's. Uh, you know, I think there's something. Oh, that, it does rhyme, Scotty. It rhymes, but. It's got to be and, offensive. And, and it's pointing out the fact that okay, I, I would think as a co former copywriter yourself, you'd, you'd you'd cut him a little slack, given that he's think about it, Scotty. Now, he's got to portray how do you the excitement of going to Havana from Manhattan, from New York City. Yeah. I mean, get on a plane and go to Havana. That is an like like nowadays you would just say flight to Havana. You know, seventy dollars, and that's all you have to say. Yeah, although they're cutting back, or at least the Trump administration cut back on flights. But one thing, actually, Tommy, when was the Cuban Revolution? Like nineteen fifty nine or yep, fifty nine. So this was only three years before you wouldn't be able to go for quite a while. <laughs> and no, but it was a marvelous place. I mean, it did have a, you know, a dictator. Oh, with, you know, it's a little naughty. There's, there's yeah. definitely, uh, you know, there's gambling. There's. Uh, 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 there's, I'm sure it already even people knew something about the mob uh, influence there, but yeah, but you know, so that had a certain glamour in those days, and yeah, I mean Havana is. Uh, I was thinking about that too recently. How it's just been completely shut off to us for half a century. Well, I would love to go there, and it never makes sense to cut people off. And tell me again, I would love all our listeners to. Look at these ads, and here's something again. You know, we talk about these days and what people did years ago. Well, this is 1956, the Sans Souci, and it's pricier, Tommy, in Florida. That's, that'll set you back $8. Yeah. 
But where, where is this? That's also on the beach in Miami Beach. It's but, a hotel. But there, it's it's also but the headline eight dollars. But the headline, uh, gayer and more exciting than ever. But it was the different gay. It's the different gay. The Just gay, like the trailers, it's the gayest romp ever. Gayest romp ever, yeah, absolutely. Gay Perry. Yeah. yeah, it was a day when when everybody could be gay. Yeah. All you had to do was be happy. Yeah. And you be gay. And, and now it's a, you know, it's really something. It comes from birth. It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a different thing. It's a things. Different, yeah. And, uh, you know, only certain people can make that claim. But in those days, everyone could be gay. But that is, uh, 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 it is a, just an incredibly different time. Uh, um, I'm sure everybody's white on all of the. Uh, sadly, yes. Yes, that's. It, that we always possibly yes, except for possibly you know Aunt Jemima or some uh, very happy-looking uh, railroad porter, but even in that in those days they sort of disappeared uh, uh, in around 1956. So there was just nothing. It was just this white world. It, it was, was and uh, but filled with and that that's sad to, to think of that. But there was also this feeling of just excitement, I, wonder, I, and. Especially yeah. in these, but, I don't necessarily think it's sad to think about that because I think it's, it's sad that that was the case then. No, no, no. Just clear. I think it's happy that we're not like that anymore. Oh, of course, yes. That does not make me sad. It really makes me feel hopeful. It makes me look. You look back on that and you say, "Look, things are getting better." Oh yeah. And 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 that is one of the best. And I'm am being very, um, you know, deep. This is very heartfelt. One of the most important lessons we can get from studying history is to see what, you know, what the overall trend is and to realize that the overall trend is overall positive. Yes, and, and you'd see in everything in politics, and it was fascinating what was on the front page, but it's always old white men. Now that people have accused of that now, but then it really was. And now it is quite yeah, different. No, it, absolutely. It was just. It, 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 it truly. It, they all and, looked old, even if they weren't old. Yes. Um, college guys in movies always looked like they were forty year old. Oh yeah, that was the key and, of those and days. All the all the basketball players were white. All the football players were white. Yeah. I mean that is a, a, an interesting aspect and and significant uh, when you when you do time travel. You're going back to a time. You know the 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 evolution of morality is reversing itself. And, and in all kinds of ways. And it really is um, useful to, to sort of see, well, where are we going? Well, and not only that, uh, the color, but, you know, uh, it was hard to believe, but uh, Jews were banned from like uh, Miami for a while. It, it, it was, became synonymous with uh, Jews. Well, but, but prior to that, there were these covenants and people couldn't uh, travel there. So, but, so I guess it's a mixture, but there is this sense of wonder then. That's the one thing we should take from the 1950s a sense of amazing, go Latin for Manhattan, or yes, incredibly, this amazing deal. Now it's sort of, well, a different time, but now the hotel ads are, when you're ready to travel again, we'll be yeah. there with sanitized, a higher level of cleanliness and sanitation ever, which makes me wonder, why didn't they go to that higher level two years ago? Yeah. <laughs> if they could, like, yeah, that's a little too clean. That's a yeah. cost us a little more money. We don't need to be that clean. That's right. Yeah, people don't really, they, they don't need it, you know, to be, what, it's not a hospital, come on. Yeah. Now it is a hospital. So they, now you can actually probably have a baby on an airplane. And it's, <laughs> and it's even more, uh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. no, I mean, it, 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 is, it is true that 
travel and i'm thinking about travel too scott yeah you know and i and i'm trying to decide do i want to fly out to new york when i fly out and and, uh, or do i want to drive out yeah and um uh it's a pretty uh you know are we ready to drive you know is is the is the place opened up i mean you are 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 enough places open i have heard scotty and i think our our podcast audience should know this that uh, what you say, uh, I've heard it confirmed that New York is very much more open now. Oh, yeah, so. no, it's very lively, especially in the neighborhoods where people live. And and, uh, no, I th- and I'm considering flying and um, I think I'm going to wait till May. Uh, just May. I don't know why, but I just feel like uh, I want to wait for what's her name, Rochelle uh, Walensky, the new head of the CDC. Maybe I could call her because I just love her, too, just like I love Jen Psaki, just to see. Uh, hey, Ray, Rochelle. Uh, listen, thinking of flying to L.A. or to see my sister in Florida, you think May would be OK? And she may not. Yeah. They may just say she's on it. She's doing a briefing on. No, on- no, no, no. Scotty, you are a taxpayer. Yeah. You can stay on the phone until she until you get. She her. might be doing her briefing, but yeah, but I can wait. Yeah, you can wait. You yeah. can wait. And, and just because you're right. I mean, uh, uh, maybe that's that's the way to go. Let's let's find out, like, you know, if let's call these people, you should be able to call them up and say, OK, can I trap? travel uh okay I'm, can i travel with one mask or do i have to wear two masks or uh uh you know i yeah. have been well this is a I great breakthrough point you're making, but, I, but it, it, it uh uh yeah i mean once you get the the okay from her well i think i just want to reiterate what you said that i never even considered you know in this day and age of emails and zoom and tiktok and whatever else it is why not what well, she probably was just sitting by the phone and answering no one else was calling her I could just literally go, yeah. oh, can I speak to, um, yes, uh, the director of the CDC, please. Uh, who's calling? Scott Blakeman. Hold on a moment. She hasn't had a phone call probably in three weeks. Well, that's the thing. Everybody assumes that everybody, that, that they're calling her and they're pestering her. So they don't want to, they don't want to be a pest. So yeah. Leave the phone. But you're right, Scotty. She probably hasn't heard from anybody. Same thing with Jen Psaki, uh, uh, who I, 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 you know, everybody probably assumes, you know, she's under the gun and she, uh, and she is lately. Uh, you might want to give her a call, just kind of, you know, hey, chin up, it's, uh, you, you, you're doing great, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm so happy to see you every time and just keep, yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Keep because doing what you're doing. Really- yeah, that's, maybe if you could call her up and just say, keep good. You know, and, and, and that could be a difficult call to get through, but you've got to get through and just, you know, no matter what it takes, and even if you have to show up in person, just yeah. send her the message, keep doing what you're doing. Exactly, because uh, I think email. if afterwards, that so much more for the drama like you, you've gotten to her and you've gotten to you know to say jen jen what what keep doing what you're doing and then she goes and then pause thank you thank you very much and then yeah no and i think that's the and thing then, Let's... and then start kind of chokes up and she said because she was and then she tells you you know what i was thinking I'm, i was going to stop doing what i'm doing but you made me think maybe i should keep doing what i'm doing yeah, I, I, I don't know. Scott, well, I think I, this is, uh, you really, it's very important what you just said, because sure, maybe people might call like the new Secretary of Health Education, uh, Health Human Services, uh, Becerra, your former Attorney General in California. I'm sure people call, uh, yeah, can I talk to you? We're a lobbyist for this. The, yeah, those people right. call. But who calls and say, uh, who's calling? Scott Blakeman. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I just want to tell him that he's real. I'm really happy he was confirmed. It should have been by more and. I'm really confident he's going to do a great job. Well, let me put the call through. 
I just say? I really think you're great. I'm so glad you're in the position and really good luck to you. I just wanted to say that. Who are we talking? I forgot his first name, but I think it's uh, the former attorney general of California who's now uh, Health and Human Services. Uh, Becerra, I believe. How how about he's definitely, and and like also, could you add when you do talk to him, and definitely you should make this call because clearly what you have to say is important and needs to be said to this guy directly. But uh, could you just say thanks for replacing that awful Alex Azar? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like and, that, just throw in that, you know, thanks for, you. maybe you don't have to say that awful Alex Azar, just say it in, in, in your tone of voice. And, and by the way, thanks for replacing Alex Azar. And, and I, know, I know you can't respond, but I, right. he'll smile. And, and, you know, later on we'll meet up. And he'll ask to see you too. We'll meet up in a year, couple of years. And he'll then he'll say, I love that. I couldn't say it then because, you know, these days with the recordings. But, uh, yeah, so I think the thing, the message to leave our listeners with is call people up in positions of high high positions of power they don't get a lot of calls no you assume they're always carrying those two rotary phones one one in each year no (laughs) no they don't they don't uh, yeah everybody assumes and 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 when you assume you make an ass out of you and me (laughs) and uh and by the way uh that's uh not really true uh just just so you know i uh i i i I, I, don't get me started about assuming things but on this note i mean (laughs) Uh, I, I would say, Scotty, definitely a hundred percent. We're all we all are hoping that you will call up the head of health and human services and tell them, hey, you know, congratulations. But don't do do be sure that you don't forget to give Jen the call and to say and and and, and whether it's a call or whether you fight your way through the Secret Service to say it in person. But yeah. But, Please do. Scott. Oh, I will. And oh, everyone, feel free to just thank them. And Rachel Walensky, I think I'm going to call her up and just instead of waiting for the CDC directive, looking at the website, it's so much more personal to get it straight from her. And I'm sure she'd love that. I'm not going to keep her on the horn for an hour, just a few minutes going. No, no, don't keep her on the horn for an no, hour. No, I'll say, Rachel, look, um, you know, I know you're busy, but what would you say? May, you think that'd be pretty good? And she goes, yeah, Scott, yeah. you know, when I say to that, have fun in May. Go ahead. Oh, see, that's what you want to hear. Yeah. You don't want to go on a vacation and not know. Yeah. What is she, the head of the... She's head of the CDC, and what a great replacement oh, right. she is. CDC. So You don't want to just, like, go on vacation and not and not even know what the whether the head of the CDC approves of what you're doing. Yeah, I want their endorsement, and so... And why not get it from her? Personally. Yeah, I'm not going to wait for... I read it somewhere. No, I'll get it from her, and I think she may yeah. even... Let me go. And they may not be announcing till June, but she'll say, you know, we're going to say June, but you sound like a nice guy. Have a good time. Go. You could go in May. Wow. And that's what I see. And I see this, by the way, all of our listeners. Let's just do that. Let's give people a call if we want to say something nice to them. And Tommy, uh, what a way to wrap up the week uh, and uh, and also wrap up our journey to 1956. That was exciting, Scotty. That was quite a journey. I hope we return. I have a feeling we just scraped the surface of 1956. Oh, we will be all the surrounding uh, years and much more. I think there's more than 1956 that we don't know about. All right, Scotty, uh, on that note, I'm going to continue being Tommy Saunders. And I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman, and we're getting through.